Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. And before we dive into today's conversation, you're actually tuning into an exclusive replay of an Instagram live interview. And we'll be answering questions and interacting with the live audience over on my Instagram at Soul Studio Marketing. So let's get right into today's episode. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I knew as soon as I started my show, I was like, I know I need DL on here. So thank you for joining me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to get started. Woohoo. So let's go in your business journey. Like, what really inspired your business? What got you started and kind of planted that seed that you wanted to take on entrepreneurship and tell us a little bit about you? Yes. So I really wanted to start entrepreneurship, if I'm completely honest, out of the need to be paying my student loans. And so I'm a social worker. I have my MSW. I work at a university. And when I first got my paycheck from my job, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm not an engineer or something, but I was just really disappointed at what my paycheck was. And I realized I couldn't pay my student loans. And so I started looking into so many different opportunities, all from network marketing to selling Etsy planners. And I tried it all. And I realized that my niche and what really served me was starting a life coaching business. So with my MSW, I became a life coach and I started signing clients very quickly. Sales came very naturally to me. And then all of a sudden, all of my life coaching clients asked me, DL, how are you doing this? Like, how are you actually making this all work? How are you getting sales so easily? And then they naturally transitioned into business coaching. And then when I fully stepped into business coaching, everything changed. My whole entire business changed. I fell in love with it. The niche of working with women and helping them balance their dreams and demands while selling high ticket offers and signing clients consistently really came from my clients. I noticed that a lot of them were struggling with managing their time and trying to figure out how to balance everything and feeling like they had to cut corners either in their business or in their life or with their relationship. And so that's really where I started to speak on time management and productivity. Mm, And I love that. I love how you take the strategy and the sales of selling and launching, but you also incorporate that with that you have to manage your time and your sanity. And there has to be balance there, especially as a coach. Like, how do you kind of honor your energy, especially with having, you know, your career, nine to five career and your business that is full on going, how do you manage your energy when it comes to both of those? Because I know even for myself or any business owner, it can be tough just managing one of them. Yeah, and it can be tough. One of the biggest things that I offer, one of the strategies that I offer for my clients is to make sure that you have some sort of transition period. So some sort of transition period from when you're working in your nine to five and If you're going to work, is that your commute? Are you listening to music? I know people are in quarantine right now and not doing that, but are you listening to music? Are you kind of transitioning from when you're working in your business in the morning? Do you have a transition period where you kind of get yourself together, you take care of you, 
And then you start to go into your nine to five and then vice versa. Can you start to transition into working in your business? For me, I take a commuter bus or I used to take a commuter bus and I would always have a podcast in my ear or I'll be checking in with clients or I would be reading. And that was really my me time for me to center myself, get my energy together and then move forward from there. But overarching, I think one of the things that I love to really talk about and what I see so many people struggling with is this idea of goal stealing. That's what I've coined it. So how some people feel like they have to take on other people's goals, other people's dreams, other people's ideas of what's successful in order for them to find success in their business. And it doesn't have to be that way at all. And so I always coin it as like, you are just like on a dock and you see this really fun cruise ship going on. Like they're having an amazing, amazing time, but you just want to be on that dock waving to them. Like y'all have fun now. You're here. You just want to be waving to them (laughs) and letting them enjoy their moment while figuring out what's best for you. So I would say with those two things, that's how I really try to honor my energy. Mm, I think that is so good. And I think just in general, like that really speaks to just having boundaries, I think is so important. Like we were even talking about that after we, or before we hopped on this interview is just having your time on for you, having the time for your clients, having the time for your nine to five, like making sure all of those parts are very distinctive because I feel like they can feel very muddled and that's when you can kind of lead to burnout or just not even being productive with your time. And I love how you really talked about just staying in your lane because I think with entrepreneurship, you can see everyone doing all these different offers, working these certain hours, making this certain amount and it's so easy to just get distracted and then that energy isn't even spent towards making your business better essentially. So I love that. And I know one thing I want to chat with you about today is we were kind of having a conversation about, you know, I was asking what that transition will look like for you when you eventually go full-time in your business. And that even though, you know, you're having these amazing launches and, you know, on your way to six figures and you're, and you're doing well, you're like, I need to focus on my first goal, which is paying off your debt. So like kind of walk us through that thought process. Cause I love that. Yes. Yes. And we've had so many conversations about this, but I have always remembered why I started my business and why I got into entrepreneurship. So many times I see this and I see this with my clients too, and I call them out on it very kindly and with grace and love, but it's important. I see so many entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs get into business because they hate their nine to five or their nine to five isn't fulfilling them or they don't like their boss or they don't like clocking in every day. And I always communicate and share with them the harsh reality of entrepreneurship is so much more challenging than just going into a nine to five and doing the things that your boss does. No matter how uncomfortable you are in that nine to five, no matter how much you struggle in that, it is still a challenge. And so your why has to be much more bigger than your nine to five. So for me with my debt, if I were to stay in my nine to five, I would be paying off my debt until I retire. And so that didn't sit well with me. That didn't sit well with my family and the goals that I have with me and my fiance. And so I had to look outside of my nine to five to fulfill that. But if it's just the idea of not wanting to clock in or not wanting the, you know, not wanting the responsibility of having to listen to a boss, those Reasons are not going to get you through the very hard times of entrepreneurship, which 
come with a lot of mindset work, a lot of identity issues. When you have a business, you're the entire company. Like you fulfill every role that your nine to five does. Like I just work, I work in a university, so I just work with the students, but there's someone doing the accounting. There's someone managing the staff. There's someone teaching the students. There's someone making sure that the building has the lights. Like all those other responsibilities, all those other functions, that is what you are fulfilling yourself as a CEO when you're first starting out. And a lot of people have a lot of rude awakenings when that reality sets in. And so I always tell my clients that you need a bigger reason for going into entrepreneurship when things get tough, that it's greater than you don't like your nine to five. Mm -hmm. I believe in that so wholeheartedly. And I think even a lot of times I know when I kind of started my business, the trend of like wanting to be a digital nomad was super huge. And it sounds appealing. Like you get to travel the world and only work like a few hours a day and you have all this passive income. But that is not the reality of your first year in business, your second year in business. Like all of that takes time and work. And a podcast interview I actually heard with Berna, um, she talks a lot about debt and money management. And she was saying, if you want to start a business and you're in debt, that is just, I mean, that is just going to be a mess for anyone, especially if it's a lot of debt and you're feeling really limited and weighed down by it, kind of like you were expressing, which that was where your why came from. And so I think it's so important to think like, be realistic a lot of the times. Like, I think it sounds great to just like quit it and like, you know, just maybe that's the push you need. But I think like, do you need a savings? Do you need to pay off some high interest debt? Like, how can you set yourself and your business up for success? So you're not just starting a business and then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so burnt out. I'm working way more than I ever did in a nine to five. Like, this isn't how I imagined and dreamed it would be. Exactly, exactly. And what going back to like, if you are trying to go into business for financial reasons, other than like, you want to make more money or you want to pay off debt. One of the biggest lessons I learned was your business will cost you money. (laughs) Businesses are an expense and not everything that you get in, not every client income that you take in will be for you in your pocket. You have a gazillion other things that you have to pay for in order to run your business successfully and in a way that kind of constitutes a real business with other operational expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think especially as a coach, like to really model that for your clients is like, if you're investing in me, I'm investing in myself. And I feel like I've really embodied that as well, where it's like, if you're wanting monthly support, like I need monthly support too, is that you kind of have to show your clients what you expect from them. Um, and speaking of like team and hiring, how has that process kind of looked for you? Because I know that's been an exciting thing that you've been gradually doing is having new team members on. Like, how do you choose what to hire? How do you choose how to onboard them? Like, what does that look like for you? Yes, absolutely. So this is something that I've seen a lot of people kind of struggle with is the hiring process. And I'll share a quick story. And so I was coaching one of my clients and she's also a coach. She's a coach for social workers. And she was absolutely killing it on LinkedIn. She was getting all these amazing discovery calls on LinkedIn and her business was just really, really growing on LinkedIn. On our coaching session, she came to me. She's like, DL, I'm going to hire a VA. I'm like, awesome. I'm all for that. Absolutely. She works a nine to five as well. And then she said, okay, well, I'm going to hire a VA for Instagram. I'm going to have this person do all of my Instagram graphics. I said, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
you are killing it on LinkedIn and you're getting all these clients on LinkedIn. What do you want this shiny Instagram person to do? And she's like, well, I just want to have cute graphics on Instagram. And I said, I understand that. Walk me through the process of how you're getting leads on LinkedIn. And she outlined this very time-consuming, in-depth process where it was like six steps she had to do before she can even have a conversation with the person. And I said, that's what you hire for. You hire for that. You hire to shorten that amount of time that it takes you to generate and warm up someone before hopping on a discovery call with. That's what you hire for. And so I always believe in the intention of hiring for intentionality and hiring for profit, not just because I've been calling it biz coach Karen is saying, outsource everything you hate. Absolutely. But every entrepreneur has things that they don't necessarily enjoy. So that was a long winded like background. But for my hiring process, I really looked at the things, okay, what are helping me generate an income? What is helping me get sales in? And how can I make those systems and those processes a lot quicker and a lot more effective by replacing me with a VA or some sort of support. So my very first hire was a podcast manager. And that person really just took everything from my podcast because as you know, podcasting can be very time intensive and very laboring. And I was getting clients on my podcast. So I said, this is working. I'm generating you know, some sort of income from this. I'm going to hire this person for the podcast. And that was my only hire for a whole year. And then it got to a point where my business was demanding other things for me. I was really filling up my programs, really filling up my coaching practice. And so I hired a design VA because I realized that aesthetics and things looking nice really takes time and it wasn't my immediate skill set. So I hired someone who could whip up a graphic in 15 minutes instead of me taking two hours to do it. And then my third hire, which is probably my favorite hire, is my client manager. She handles all of the things that my clients need from Zoom links to they can't get access to this video training that I have to can you open up DL's availability, something happened, all of those little details that really help solidify a better client process for me has been incredible and invaluable to do and has really freed me up to create some white space so that I can create new coaching concepts, new podcasts, have time to do like collaborations like this, which I absolutely love. And so those are the three hires and kind of like what my hiring journey has looked like. For onboarding, I try to loom everything as soon as I do it. So loom, as you know, Natasha knows, it is a screen sharing and video platform that you can screen share, you can do solo videos, it's free, and it's all web-based, which is amazing. So you don't have to like record a video, download it, and then send it. You can just record a video online and then send the link. And it shows someone exactly how I edit my episodes, how I like my design work, how I would respond to a client inquiry. It shows all those things and it adheres to different learning styles because it's visual. It's also audio and it's also kinesthetic because you're showing someone step-by-step what to do. So that's my favorite way to onboard all of my hires. 
Mm -hmm. I love that. And I remember when I started my business on the back end, like when it comes to like onboarding and those types of processes, I remember I was like, I want to track everything and keep everything really organized for when I hired a team, which like at that time seems so out of reach. But it is really important to set yourself up for a business that can support having a team, like track your processes. It would also, it also surprises you like what you do and if it can be more time effective, if it can be improved, all of those different types of things. Um, so I love that you kind of hinted that that was really a focus and also that you're hiring people that have specialties. That's also something that I really focused on is that like when you give someone that's, that's a task that they are an expert at, not only are you going to get a better product than just hiring someone that does generally everything, but you're going to have someone that's like really happy doing what they want to do because they're really good at it too. Absolutely. And even though you're paying this person, it's just like in your nine to five, you want that person to enjoy what they're doing. You want that person to enjoy the experience of working with you. So I'm always asking my hires and my VAs and the people on my team, hey, is this how you like to receive work? Is this the type of work that lights you up and provides you with energy and creativity? And that makes it a win-win for everyone. And if they don't, always opening that line of communication so that you have those conversations to make sure that you're giving them projects that are helpful and enlightening to them as well. Yes. Oh, I completely agree and love that point. To create a more diverse space in our courses, bundles, events, and podcasts, we need to support more women of color and Black women in the online space which is why I am so excited to have my signature Instagram stories course as a part of the Black Boss Bundle with DL and some incredible Black educators. With this bundle of transformational courses, memberships, templates, and digital products created by Black women, you will see an increase in your Instagram following, sales, and mindset to level up your business. Shine on Insta Stories is usually $247, but you can grab it in this bundle for only $97. And that's including the other resources to really help your business shine. In this signature course, I show you how to use the most popular part of Instagram effortlessly in your strategy. Stories are definitely the most effective way to build real relationships with your audience on Instagram. And it's one of my top referral sources for sales and launches, which we all want more of. So this exclusive bundle ends super soon. So be sure to check out the show notes to grab the Black Boss Bundle for only $97. Now let's get back into this episode. So we were talking about tools a little bit when it came to teams. So let's dive into tools because I know we both like pretty much love the same tools. So what are your favorite tools for really making sure you're using the best use of your time, you're being really organized, and you're planning ahead for all of the moving parts you have going? Absolutely. And so I love Calendly. I was just talking to my clients about this on a group coaching call. That platform is amazing. And just like from a business standpoint, 
they really market and say, we are designed to help you eliminate all scheduling errors. Like we're going to take the confusion out of scheduling. They send Zoom connections so that all of my coaching calls are on Zoom. It automatically gives a Zoom link. So I don't even have to set that up. They're amazing with the reminders. Like before we got on live, it sent me a perfect custom reminder that you created via text message. It is an incredible platform. It's very clean, very minimum, and it does what it says it does. Like it's amazing. Another platform that I love is Dubsado. And so Dubsado is a beast. I will say that, but it has so many functions and it can really capture a lot of the things that you are probably having to connect multiple different softwares into one. So it does invoicing for you. It does different project management. It tracks hours. It also signs contracts. It creates a lot of different functions all on one platform, which is also very economic friendly and very affordable as well. And I've been dabbling with a lot of different tools. I've just learned about Veed, which I know you're really big on. And I've loved getting to know <laughs> all about video editing and really how to create more compelling video content. And I also love Later. I think that'll be like my last one that I'll share. I love Later. You put me onto that one obsessed with later and how it schedules all my Instagram content. And I want to dabble into Pinterest posting through later as well. Yes. Oh, those are all good ones. I love all of those. And I know one thing with Dubsado, I know when I first started my business, it, it, I tried to use all the free tools I could to do every little part that Dubsado thought. I was like, why am I going to pay like $35 a month? But I know my mom always jokes that like tools like Dubsado and Calendly are literally like VAs. Like they do the same job. Like they automate things. So you don't have to worry about those connecting pieces. And I love inspired by all of those too. Um, so let's kind of dive right into time management because I know that's what you love and I geek out about it as well. So when it comes to managing all of the different things, the limited time you have for your business, how do you make the most of your time? Because I know when people are watching your stories, they're like, how does she do it all? But it's really the time management hacks that you swear by. So do you want to share a few of your favorites? Yes, absolutely. And so I'll first start off and say that I believe that time management is mind management. I really think about my time in an abundant way, even though on paper, I have only a little bit of it. I still say I have enough time to get everything done. I have enough time to accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish. I have enough time to make the impact that I want to make. I don't walk around saying, oh, I don't have enough time. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. Oh, I don't have enough energy to do X, Y, and Z. If you're thinking those thoughts, your brain is going to find evidence that you really don't have enough time. Like I was working with one of my clients who's a mom and she says like every time she thinks that she doesn't have enough time, her son wakes up early from a nap or, you know, the her washing machine breaks and she can't load the uh, new bucket of laundry and everything just falls apart. And that's a little bit of woo woo, but also a little bit of mind management. And if you're thinking about your time in a way that is not abundant, that's what you're going to see. And that's how you're going to feel. So I always like to start off with that. 
But then more tactically, I have something called the one thing method. I know, very creative name, but really focusing on one thing in the morning and one thing in the evening if you're a side hustler. Because within your bandwidth, that's really all that you can manage. I know that a lot of side hustlers, this is kind of the cycle. They will just you know, brain dump everything they want to get done. It's a Wednesday and they realize that they haven't worked on their business. So they'll brain dump everything that they want to get done. And then they'll try to fit it in all while they get home on that day, like 20 things they want to do that day. And then they only get done maybe one and a half and then they feel like a failure and then they don't do anything in their business for the rest of the week. And then the cycle starts all over again. And so I find that really just scheduling out one thing in the morning, one thing in the evening will really streamline all of those processes. And you'll walk away on Friday night having 10 things in your business done before the weekend even hits. And so there's nothing like unplugging from both your day job and your business on the weekends. That's something that I'm always striving for is having a clear Saturday and Sunday. And that really attributes to the one thing method. Another thing that I try to do is I always try to have systems. And the way I describe systems are systems are a way for you to start a project or start a process in your business 20% done. And so you want things in your business to be repeatable and you don't always want to be starting over from scratch. So let's take, for instance, writing Instagram captions. If you have a template or if you have a flow of how you already have written Instagram captions in the past, creating that template so that you know on Tuesday morning that you're supposed to write Instagram content, all you have to do is pull up that template and then you're already starting from 20% done and you're not trying to pull out of your brain, okay, how do we do this? What is the flow of this? How are we going to get this done? And so having those systems, having templates for the things that you do will not only help your brain, but also help your time management. So those are the two tips that I would like to share with side hustlers the most. Oh yeah. Those are so, so good. I feel like long to-do lists are like, that is what overwhelms people, which brings in the mindset thing. But it also, it's impossible to be productive. If you're looking at six things to do, whether you do your business full-time or as a side hustle, there's no way you really can accomplish all of that. And when you were giving your examples about mindset, I, I totally agree with that. It's kind of like when you're going to the gym, like it's at the end of the day, you don't want to go. So you probably think of a million excuses is why you don't want to. Like, you're like, I didn't eat enough. Like, I could do this other thing and it'll be so much better. Like, oh, I went to the gym yesterday, so I'm fine. Like, you can literally think of so many ideas. Why not? But if you really went, you'd be like, wow, that didn't take that much time and I feel so much better. So yeah, I totally agree with those mindset hacks. I think that is just so good. Yeah, yeah. And it really goes to this one example that I remembered clearly that time management is mind management. It was in the summer before everything happened. And it was, I think I had a day off from work or it was one of the holidays. I think it was Memorial Day. And I remember coming home and I just ran some errands. And I remember sitting in my, my doorstep saying like, okay, I can either go put on my bathing suit and go to the pool or I can go inside of my office and record these podcast episodes. And so I had to tell my brain, look, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> we are going to go inside and record these podcast episodes. And it was a very intentional decision. I think a lot of people think that 
productive people like us just come so naturally for us to show up in our businesses. No, we have hobbies. You, I see your stories all the time. You love to watercolor and, and you have Marlin and you do paddleboarding and all these amazing things. I dance. I do yoga. I love to bake. I love to bother my fiance and annoy him. That's a, my favorite pastime yes. ever. And so it's easy for me to choose those things. Like I don't have any magic spell. You don't have any magic spell. We just are in the habit of constantly choosing our business in the moments when we don't feel like it and following the plan that we set for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like a lot of things with business, it's really just muscles. You can't expect it to just happen overnight. You have to practice it. You have to really be disciplined with it or you'll never really develop that and really be able to sustain it essentially. Exactly. It is a muscle. Mm-hmm. And speaking of muscles, sales is a muscle. And I know that's something a lot of people struggle with, especially if it's a higher ticket item, which I know is really your specialty. So what is really what you walk your clients through or just even yourself for really landing sales and having successful launches? Like, What is that formula that you've really found works for you? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So, so many different things come into play. That's the majority of what I coach my clients on, but I would say it kind of comes down to these buckets or these themes, if you will. And so you want to make sure that whatever idea you have, and I primarily work with coaches or people who are in the education space, teaching people how to do something or live or improve their lives better in some form or fashion. But it really comes down to making sure that your idea is validated within the market I can't tell you how many times I am coaching my clients and they have this beautiful idea and I say to them, okay, great. Where's the market research on that? Where's the evidence that your community is struggling with? And then their eyes kind of go out of their head. And that's a sign that this is something that may not be validated or you don't want to spend a whole bunch of energy on because it's not addressing the needs of your community. But the good thing is that there is something in your community that you can be addressing. So the first step would be really getting clear on that market research. The second step would be going into and actually building up a tribe and a community of people who want whatever you have to offer. And so this is something that I don't see talked a lot about in the industry as well, which is lead generation and really getting those people to be a part of your community, whether that's your Instagram community, your Facebook community, your email list, really generating those folks. And this is where mindset typically comes in. They say, oh, I don't know if I am an expert enough to speak on this issue, or I don't know if I can really dedicate, you know, a whole platform on just this particular problem, but I'm always communicating to my clients that that is absolutely something that you should really think about and work through because there is a need. If you found that there is a need, why can't you speak on this? Why can't you showcase your experience? Why can't you showcase your talent? And while they are building up those leads, that is also where content creation comes in so that they're warming up those leads, creating an engagement with them and really developing relationships with them before we even ask for the sale. And while that is happening in the back end, they're working on their program, they're working on their offer. And then you want to go into a launch phase. And I'm all about soulful selling selling that comes from a place of high value, high service, and high ticket sales really honestly, and this is something I learned from launching my first passive product, is no different than a low ticket sale. So it will take the same energy 
me to sell a $25 ebook to then sell a $2,500 coaching package. It takes the same amount of energy to show up for that launch. And so I'm really big on launch sequencing, having a certain phase for each part of your launch. And then of course, closing those high ticket sales calls, which are a lot of fun. I love sales calls. And then the last part of that phase or this cycle would be to actually deliver the program. And so I'm all about giving an outstanding client experience, helping my clients develop, how can they surprise and delight their own clients and really compete, create that onboarding and that really great service providing at that stage. And so those are the four systems that I walk my clients through. I absolutely love it. And I love teaching high ticket sales. Mm, That is so good. And every single one of those steps are just so necessary for making it where that can be very effortless in their business is when you have all of those together because without one, they really need to support the other. And I love how you mentioned just like with passive products, it's the same thing. Whenever I'm teaching people on launches, I say the biggest thing is not only do you need to show up twice as much as you think you need to, but you constantly need to have your energy high. Like if you aren't excited and believe in the program or whatever you're launching, that's why people aren't buying. Like you have to be so excited and have your energy like hyped all the way up for a launch. Absolutely. I was just on a coaching call with my coach, Stacey Bayman, and she communicated how all marketing is, is energy. And there's energy that really drives sales and there's energy that repels sales. And so it's checking yourself, checking your intentions behind your energy and checking the thoughts that you're having about what you're offering. And that will really drive the specific energy that you're trying to give out or it will unfortunately drive the energy that will repel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's why a lot of people mention, you know, if you are worrying, like, will I even make a sale? Like, what, is this even going to be received? Well, like that's people can sense that people can feel that. So I really love that you mentioned that. Um, and kind of just to end off our conversation, I would love for you to maybe share not, I don't want to call it a failure, but maybe like one lesson that you've had in your journey so far that has really taught you a lot and really helped transform your business. Yes. I would say something that's happened recently is, and this is more uh, from working with a client. So I was working with this client and we were developing amazing systems and amazing structures in her company really helping her manage her full-time job and her business. And at the end of it, she said, well, DL, like I still just, I still want to do less. Like how can we cut corners more? How can we continue to do the business less? And I had a moment, I took the weekend to think about like the best answer for her. And I had a moment and I said, under no circumstances would she have gone to her employer and said, Hey boss, how can I cut corners? hey, boss, how can I get paid my same salary but only work 10% of what I'm doing? And so one of the most profound things that I've really learned while working with my clients and working in my own business is the business will take effort. No matter how many awesome systems and tools, the business will take effort, but you get to decide what that effort means. You get to decide what are you working towards and if that thing is worth the effort that you're putting behind it. And then I think the last thing is how 
important and crucial mindset work is and not to undervalue that. I've really doubled down on my mindset investments. I'm in a mindset program and I'm going on a mindset retreat this year because the thoughts that we have really create the results in our life. And if your thoughts are not at the caliber of what you want to have, that's an indication that all the strategy in the world will not help you. You can do everything right. Like exactly, you could be launching and then thinking to yourself, oh my MG, no one's going to buy. And that will come through more than any launch tactic that we could teach you. And so it's really reminding yourself that things take effort, but you get to decide what that effort means and what that effort does in your life. And also mindset work is everything. Oh yeah. And I mean, business in general, when you become an entrepreneur, it's just a personal development journey. Um, And I've just loved seeing your journey evolve and been able to connect with you and bring you on the show. For anyone that's maybe tuning into the podcast, they're not live with us. Where can they learn more from you? Where can they connect from you? And where can they listen to your own show? Yes, absolutely. And so I love Instagram. You can follow me at DL Sharon, D-I-E-L-L-E-C-H-A-R-O-N. And I'm sure Natasha will have it in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram. You can also join my Facebook group community, Ambition Academy for Female Entrepreneurs. And I have my own show and Natasha has been on it. And she is actually one of my most popular downloads. And we did that episode like over a year ago. Ages ago. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. And my podcast name is the School of Ambition Podcast. And that is on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for spending the evening with me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Natasha. Thank you so much to today's expert guest for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps for our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.